your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't reach both 7,000 and I said I'm in let's go let's do it yeah that's what I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday night prime time back in the fold after the mini buy that we had Bo Wolf, Shilkapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here to unpack everything, set things up for the stretch run for this six and seven Eagles team that finds itself square in the playoff mix. We have a bit of a rundown today for one of the first times in show history. We, we each took a segment. We're going to talk about this final four game stretch. We're going to talk about Carson Wentz, the much promised Carson Wentz discussion that we never uh, delivered on we're going to do that and then we will close by uh, comparing Nick Sirianni's first 13 games to the other head coaches who were hired in the 2021 hiring cycle those seven uh, head coaches so lots to get to no nonsense how's everybody doing how was your time off doing great excited for the pod ready to get back at it uh, it's an exciting week. I love playoff scenarios. I love them back going back to my to early times, moving the chains on Philly.com. Uh, I, I, you know, at that time you kind of had to, I would just go through the playoff simulator and do every single one. You didn't have these fancy 538s. You didn't have the Dennis's of the world just tweeting out every different thing. But I was looking at some uh, playoff simulations early today. Uh, a very interesting final four weeks. For the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, if you would have told, uh, I guess we would have believed going into the season that they would pr maybe be in the mix at this time, but uh, they're squarely in the mix. We got some big games coming. People are loving the new lighting uh, around Zach Berman. If you're with us in the, I know, mean, just pops galore Shining. in the chat yeah. for this. Which very which I said when I signed on too, it was very yeah. noticeable. Big upgrade in like camera quality for for ZB. He looks like we'll take birds with friends seriously. I take birds now, with friends seriously here. Now, I didn't get to, uh, we obviously didn't have a pod late last week, so I didn't get to, you know, my mix of talking to you guys, but I did get to catch Bo Wolf on the athletic football show. Z-Barm, did you hear uh, Bo on with, Whoa, with yes. Robert Mays? Yes, I did. You alerted me to it, a matter of fact. Well, I mean, yeah. knowing how much Zach listens to podcasts, I would have been offended if he had. He didn't. It. I had to text yeah. him. I said, <laughs> I said, did you, did you hear Bo? Maybe it wasn't pubbed. The athletic, the athletic, on the athletic football show. And so, you know, you guys made fun of me saying, oh, oh Shields on these other podcasts and Please. he's all jovial and cracking up. I mean, I never heard more no nonsense football discussion from Bo Wolf. I mean, he got asked one question and the man went through the entire Eagles roster, just an encyclopedia uh, of knowledge. I, I thought he did a, a great job. Oh, no, Zach, uh, there were a couple shout outs to you on that pod. I don't know if you heard those or not or have yeah. uh, uh, any impressions on those. I appreciated that he uh, that he mentioned it. 
I, I, I had separate commentary on the pod, but uh, yeah, go okay. ahead. Let's hear it. Well, first off, I, I thought Bo did a great job. I thought he yeah. represented birds with friends well. I, what I take umbrage to is that uh, we will have a big game or or a big pod, <laughs> and he'll he'll get me or he'll try deviating into something that has nothing to do with football. From the and I I won't know where it's going. I'll get worried before a podcast. What's Bo gonna say that uh, that I'm not prepared for here, or 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 that I'm gonna have to explain to my wife afterwards about? And uh, and uh, I I'll, I'll say Bo was like straight football guy there. Oh he was my god, business and exactly. Yeah, I know the I, show that you're on. Yeah, well, I, I wish we had that in our podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's now, not the show that we have. Now, I was struck by, uh, you know, his first mention of you, Zach Marissa. Can I get a clip one here, please? Uh-oh. Through 13 weeks, how has this Eagles team deviated from what you expected them to be coming into the year? Well, that's interesting. Um, and I think that I and, you Such know, a different voice. You know, Zach Berman, who I cover the team with, have both been guilty of this, of like knowing going into this season Okay, it's a first-year head coach. Okay, we can cut it. We got to be patient. The rest gotta... is not really uh, that important. How do you feel about that, Zach? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something positive that me, you know, when he decided to mention your name, it was something you and him oh, were guilty that's of. That's not negative. No, we discussed that. It's yeah, okay. Okay. I don't feel bad about uh, that. Now, I would only uh, be offended if it was something I didn't want him to discuss on the pod. But but we've discussed that on the okay. pod. Okay. So, yeah. Now I, you know, you said that you felt like Bo uh, represented Birch with friends. Well, so then I would assume there was, uh, you know, some some type of shout out for birds with friends. Marissa, can I get clip two here, please? It's always great to talk to you, my friend. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time out to do this, especially during your week off. It means a lot. Thank you very much for having me. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. Did that get cut off, Marissa? Did you not? <laughs> was that a bad edit on uh, your oh, part? No. I didn't hear any shout out. <laughs> Shout I didn't hear any Zach tell the Berman. people where they can listen to listen. you or like <laughs> no taking the you know. initiative. I mean, it's the same company here. We're all part of the same uh, podcast network. Marissa, I don't know if you have any examples in your computer, your vault, maybe of a no, proper please. way to plug the show, maybe on a, on a different platform. <laughs> Let me try this. This is only people want to see your excellent coverage of the NFL and, and the Eagles, of course, as well. Where can they do that? Yep, you can read me uh, on the athletic in the uh, in the NFL section. That's where you will find me if you want uh, Eagles coverage. We've got our podcast with uh, me, Bo Wolf, and Zach Berman, Birds with Friends. You can subscribe to that uh, anywhere you want. I think uh, I think that that's most of my plugs here. I mean, I'm sorry. Please roll back the one when he, when Robert uh, let me go. I don't want to make this a Robert Mays, Bill Barnwell thing. Robert didn't <laughs> yeah. say, tell the people where they can listen I mean, to you. A little I'm initiative. The question. Back, I would assume at Newhouse School of Communications, they say take a little initiative, right? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't plug any Instagram, no Twitter. You know, Barnwell even had to ask me, well, aren't you on the athletic football show? Do you want to, you, you know, that wasn't uh, front of mind. I had to give Birds with Friends the uh, shout out and my uh, wonderful co-host always trying to build the brand let's just uh let's just remember that in the future all right we can i, I just want to add i i was on a podcast <laughs> today and well, i was uh, gonna ask you did you plug because i wanted to get you did you plug oh, no i was friends? on yeah well i didn't just plug birds with friends and i didn't just plug Bo and shield i said in our outstanding producer marissa morris oh, wow oh, yeah. Yeah. Level. all right yeah. 
that there to be like it's well, it's it's a group of four here. That. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I should have done that. It's a bad yeah, job. Too I busy mean. patting yourself on the back for answering <laughs> the, the question that was asked I of mean, you. Really, Steve you got to come in over the top on me. Like Sorry, that. No, no, no. I'm I trying to that. make Bo look bad, and then you're spinning this. All right, maybe you two. You know, I, I ripped you for the lack of hanging out on the road. Maybe the camaraderie is building. You stuck up for your beat partner there. You turned the attention on me. So my grand plan is. And this is a are. very. This is also a very classic Shield uh, way of uh, beginning the discussion by a misdirection of, t- of it's about you when really it all circles back to this is just about me. Listen to me on the Bill Barnwell show. No, it's me yeah. making you look bad. Showing yeah, that's what you show. want it to look like, but it's really coming I, down in the end. I really just... have no interest in anyone listening to my appearance on the Bill Barnwell show. But, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, for Bill's sake, if you want to go ahead and download it, uh, that's fine. He's been very nice to me throughout his career. But yeah, no, I, I really uh, don't care if you listen to that. Or well, let's, give, let's, let's take our lesson lessons from uh from this segment and give zach an opportunity to uh plug what he's going on got going on this week a little a little in-person appearance yes uh tomorrow night actually at at puddlers uh it'll be wednesday at, night at, yes yes wednesday night at puddlers taproom i'll be with ray dinger glenn Macnow, and todd zalecki uh signing books um signing uh i will sign underdogs which you can see behind me here uh the Philadelphia eagles emotional road Super Bowl victory I'll, I'll be selling them and signing them, and the offer still stands. I, I, I sent out about ten books last week to people who've reached out uh, and, and wanted them. So uh, hopefully they have they have arrived. And if you're looking for a, a Christmas present or a holiday present, still happy to send out books, and uh, I will sign it with with whatever message you want. So that offer's out there. But I mean, uh, that's a pretty big message. I mean, that's a pretty big. Like, I, can I can I get it with any message I want? Sure, sure. I, I, mean, I love reason, I love Urban the, Meyer. Signs the one Urban. thing I I don't do is is uh, I don't like sign it. Go Eagles or or, or something like mm. that. I try to maintain the the professionalism in in, in that regard. Go but Urban. It, but anything else? I I had two. Oh, thank you, Rich. Rich is awesome. I, I at that meetup we had Rich read uh, the. Yes, yeah. I remember that, that great moment. That, that was awesome. I, I really appreciate that. Um, no, I, I I had two comments about Bo's appearance here on his 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 appearance on on Robert Mays. Oh, um, more. On, on All Robert right, Mays let's Bob. hear it. First, Robert, I really sold Bo's jokes. Uh, did you catch that, Shield? Lots like, of laughing. Yeah. yeah, lots of laughing. Lots Bo of jokes that I make. I feel like I played yeah. it straight. Ah, he I was had a couple one liners in okay. there. Yeah. Um, he was that uh, the uh, the the like Andy Reid joke you had, you know how this was like the inverse Andy Reid during the bye week, okay? Right, he sold that for you big time. Yeah. Um. Number one, and then number two, uh, kind of call you out here a bit. I, I, oh! I don't I don't want to call you. Here out. we go. Here we go. I don't want to call you out. But I wonder if this is a th- another note I have. Go ahead. I'm wondering. You really don't know who's playing until Sunday morning in the other games <laughs> in the NFL. Well. Actually, what I what I what I didn't say is that the real answer to that is I don't know who's playing until I listen to the uh, the Thursday around the NFL podcast. I wasn't going to plug a different yeah. podcast. Just plugging okay. a competitive but that's show. What, well, that's what I wasn't going to do because I am. I'm like very myopically, especially like before the end of the season when other games actually matter. I have sure. like no idea what the games are unless it's like a Patriots Bills. Uh, like a Patriots Bucks scenario where everybody's like focused on the one Sunday night game. Like that's like a, I enjoy listening to that podcast because I don't know what the games are that week. 
Zach, thanks for reading my picks against the spread column. Comes out Thursday mornings. It, it literally, you know, yeah, every yeah. game listed on there. Uh, very easy. Shows up on your athletic app. Uh, and the, and, the, and I, I want to credit Shield too, real quick on on something because I. It's okay. We don't know because do because we had the chance this weekend. Let's to just rip watch, each other. This show. No, we 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 had the chance to watch football. Okay, and uh, I was I I tuned in live to that CBS post game show after the Ravens game when they were all killing Harbaugh. And I said to I, I said to myself, I didn't want to give Shield story ideas, but I said, I hope Shield writes about this. And I'm so happy Shield wrote about it. Thank I'm you. actually really glad you wrote about it too, Shield, because in the stands, I was thinking, what was he doing? I thought the opposite way. And now I I understand, but like in the moment I was like, great, they're down two scores still. Yeah. So everyone should go check that out. Thank on you. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Bo, the only other issue I had with you, again, it was great. I, I suggest yeah, everyone works. go listen to it. I mean, I always learn about the Eagle. He, you can tell Bo puts thought into the future of the roster, you know, roster making decisions, all that they got into. Uh, I thought you were off base with your, like, um, the Eagles are running laps around the division in terms of, uh, you know, uh, organizational structure. Yeah, yeah. I think I that's mean, unfair I, to the Cowboys. I, I yeah, I would trade. You know, my gosh, have this 100%. Cowboys roster is unbelievable. And Jerry, you know, Jerry Jones obviously is, uh, you know, is a joker or whatever you want to call him. But like, he's been. I don't want to say hands off because he still, you know, does the seventeen I think interviews. This is totally fair. Oh, we. I think you're maybe overstating but, my overstating this of it. But, oh, but I, think I don't it's know fair. about that. I mean, I thought you you leaned in strong there. Uh, so I, I think if you look at their, you know, their a lot of their decisions now, the Zeke stuff, notwithstanding that that obviously they have drafted uh, extremely well. It's a blemish, but my gosh, yeah, they've really loaded that roster. They've been aggressive uh in spots so they've made their mistakes they're not perfect with the stuff that we like to talk about on this show like for instance Dak Prescott's contract you know that was not the they cost themselves money there uh probably in the end but I just think if you look at sort of um their process in terms of scouting talent identifying players uh I would think most Eagles fans maybe I'm wrong would do a nice uh clean swap of front offices with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I think it's I could more that like the, everything that goes into playing for that team and like the, the way that that organization is run, like Jerry maybe hands off with the scouting and some of the roster decisions, but like, it's still very much a, uh, a place that invites drama uh, to some extent. I think that's okay. That's fine. I'm not, yeah, I still think that like, Eagles have some drama. I think if you could draft which division you wanted to play in, the NFC East would be the first or second pick by any by any organization. Okay, yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, I the think other the Shields point. I still think that is a big advantage for them, which is which is what my point was. Yeah, the other two teams I have no issue with. It was just uh, I would not put the Cowboys in the same bucket as that's Washington fair. and the Giants. Zebra. Yeah, I I think the way the Cowboys have have drafted in these past you know three to five years. Uh, it has has been great, right? Like like they've hit on so many picks, and by and and part of that is by they have drafted by consensus, like you know, not panicking. Okay, we have we have plenty of wide receivers, but CD Lamb fell to us. Let's take him. That's fine. They've also gotten a little bit lucky, which is always part sure. of it. You know, they by all accounts they wanted a corner, uh, they wanted Connor Cook, and as Zach of- wrote about today, like the Micah Parsons thing is not exactly like. They don't. They don't deserve a hundred percent of the credit here. It's like they didn't draft him as a defensive end. Like, you know, 
I was actually thinking about this. If you think of the Eagles roster, is there any area of the Eagles roster you would take over the Cowboys roster right now? I mean, offensive line, uh, you could make that case, but it's not like the Cowboys have a bad offensive line. Running backs, wide receivers, quarterback, all go to the Cowboys. Uh, tight end, tight end. Or the Eagles. Uh, D line now goes to the Cowboys. I mean, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence and Micah Parsons for like the next three. I think O line is the only answer that that is the only one that's arguable. Yeah, if you, you don't separate out tight end, obviously. Corner secondary goes to them too. So if you look at it that way, but all right, yeah, we could. I do want to say yeah, yeah, wow. this is like a, we had a stack show where seventeen minutes we haven't <laughs> no, touched on. No, Bo mentioned that. the uh, the piece I I wrote today, um, and I just want to say because I I have heard and I've I, I've read on Twitter a lot of this Micah Parsons versus Devontae Smith talk. And look, it's, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile discussion, especially because Parsons looks like just an outstanding edge rusher. But what would the reaction have been if the Eagles passed on Devontae Smith to take uh, a, a linebacker who did not play college football last year, right? Like, like Devontae Smith, uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, prolific production, position of need. And after, after, after the Eagles took Rager over Justin Jefferson, after missing on Andre Dillard, or at least wait and see on Andre Dillard, like that, I, I think they, they needed to, at minimum, get like a double, you know? Uh, they, they couldn't strike out on this pick this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's right. Uh, you know, you, you can probably point... Um, the finger at the school that, you know, still hasn't reached out to one of mm. its, um, you know, friendly alum. Alumnus. But you were very excited about in the interim uh, since the last pod. Uh, what was that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, the pre, yeah, they're, they're on a good track with their president. But, you know, as far as the uh, football and journalism program, no one's reached out. You know, I don't know what were they doing with Micah Parsons. Uh, why, why are these why are players getting better in the NFL that go to that school than they were in college? I mean. Odafe Owe is already better this year with the Ravens than he was at Penn State. Micah Parsons looks like a top five defensive player uh, in the NFL already. You know, uh, the quarter, quarterback you're bringing back for like the ninth year or whatever it is. You know, your coach who's what does he win? Go seven and five every year and is leveraging you uh, for uh, a better contract. I mean, I don't know why I would want to be excited um, about you know either the you know the program there. But anyway, all right, we can move on. All right. Well, uh, there is plenty to get to. And so uh, in order to pivot us back to uh, what is newsworthy, why don't we send it on over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest on the birds, even though we haven't talked to most of these guys in a week. There's still a, a few nuggets of news. The Philadelphia Eagles will race out of their bye week faster than that reporter did behind John Clark. They wow. return to the NovaCare Complex on Wednesday. They will have a walkthrough, not a full practice, but it'll be a full day at work. However, they will be without wide receiver Quez Watkins and practice squad running back Jason Huntley. Both are on the COVID-19 reserve list. So monitor that. That Obviously, Quez Watkins is starting wide receiver. That's important. We will find out more about the health of Jalen Hurts, and we should have an update on Brandon Brooks. That will be the big injury to monitor on Wednesday. Also during the bye, this is a small nugget, but the Eagles uh, 
gave LaRaven Clark a contract extension, brought him to the 53-man roster, waving Mac McCain, who returned to the Poor practice guy. squad this week. So that's the extent of the news. And I, I would say for an Eagles news update too, the results of the games this past weekend uh, were very relevant. Obviously, we I assume we all watched or saw highlights of the Dallas-Washington game. And you saw Washington lose uh, Taylor Heineke. They, uh, uh, they had Terry McLaurin left the game. They have a number of players on the COVID-19 reserve list, including standout defensive lineman Jonathan Allen. So a lot going on going into this weekend. Uh, the other results for the Eagles, not ideal that Minnesota wins Thursday. San Francisco wins in overtime. Uh, I will give a shout-out to loyal listener Dennis, who gives you all the playoff scenarios you need if you go to his Twitter account. And uh, But the Eagles are very much in the thick of this. Six and seven Eagles versus six and seven Washington on Sunday. Now, what are the we're we're seeing you know uh, outbreaks all over the place place with teams? It's the biggest story uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL this week. Zebra, if somebody like Quez Watkins is placed on the uh, COVID list, does that what does that mean for him? The the possibility or uh, you know of him playing in that week's game? Can you can you give sure. us a little refresher? Yeah, it it depends on the player's vaccination status. So if the player is unvaccinated, then they will certainly miss the game because then they're out for a period of, uh, I wish I had it in front of me, 10 10 days, days, I believe. Yes. Um, If not, then it's a matter of producing uh, two negative tests and being symptom-free 24 hours apart. Uh, So for a little precedent here, if if, if you remember Zach Ertz, um, he tested positive earlier this year and was in, and if you can help me out here, Bo, he said he had a very low viral count because like the next day he tested negative, but so he tested positive one day then tested negative the next day. Does that sound right? Yeah, that does sound right. And it was also, it was also, uh, he, he alerted us to what it sounded like they don't test on Sundays, which I I think they may have changed now, but like the way that he described it was like, it was Saturday to Monday or something like that where things changed. And it was like, they, well, they just don't test on Sunday because they don't want to find anything. But I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so the, 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 in Quez Watkins's case, if he is vaccinated, he would need to produce uh, two negative tests 24 hours apart in order to play and be symptom free. Okay. But like Shield said, this is rampant around the NFL. I, I believe Adam Schefter reported 75 players are now on the COVID-19 reserve list. You, you've seen Cleveland Browns, obviously. We have we have Marissa in the top left corner here, uh, or top right. Top no, left, I, don't, top I, don't, right. I don't want to go into this until we get to Sunday. Okay. But we have, uh, you know, uh, Washington is is loaded to the Los Angeles Yeah, Washington's Rams. getting crushed by, I mean, yep. you know, just to push it towards this week's game. Washington uh, so are our is, local is crushed by it right now. Well, okay. Not to, just Jeez. saying. You know, <laughs> things are things are getting crazy, people. All right. Hope yeah. everyone stays safe out there. Right. Mm. Holidays coming up. Uh, all right, Zach. Why don't you uh, Why don't you lead us into uh, into these these final four games for the sure. Eagles? The the scenarios. It seems like uh, not to not to step on your toes here, but if they if they go four and zero, they need a Vikings loss basically, and the Vikings have two two games that would seem like they should lose one of those against the Rams and Packers. 
if they go three and one, they're going to need two Vikings losses. It gets a little bit more dicey, but I don't know how you uh, how you plan to take us around here. Well, no, I appreciate you setting us up there because I I was actually just going to ask ask you guys what you think these next four games will bear for the Eagles, and if you have a prediction for the Eagles. But you did a good job setting it up in that there are the, the, the six and seven teams are the Eagles, Washington, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Saints. Okay, the Vikings are really the team you have to watch out for here, and I say that because the Eagle. If the season ended today, Washington would be in the postseason. That said, the Eagles play two games against Washington. So if the Eagles are going to make the postseason, they'll have a chance to beat Washington. Um, they they have the advantage over the Saints. They have the advantage over uh, over the Panthers. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not the, or Panthers, the Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah, yeah, the, the Falcons. I, I would say it's hard for them to catch up to San Francisco. San Francisco would need to, to yeah, that lose. loss on Sunday yeah. that, that that Bengals game was 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 big. Exactly. So I would focus on the six and seven teams and focus on the seven seed if you're the Eagles. I can give you some uh, some some numbers here that may be uh, of of interest. Yeah. So the 49ers are seven and six, and they have the second easiest remaining schedule in the NFL in terms of DVO. It's funny, like every schedule, every team schedule is like so conference or so division loaded. Uh, like this is all you get down the stretch. And the Niners play like the Texans, Titans, the Texans, Falcons. some other. Yeah. yeah. And then like, yeah, they only have one, one division game. Yeah. It's funny. Now that's weird. The flip side to that is it sort of explains why they're only seven and six. Cause they're yes. one in four within the, within the division, the games they've already played, but it's funny that that's they're like the one team that doesn't have their schedule loaded that way. Uh, Washington has faced the toughest schedule in the NFL so far, and they have the fifth toughest remaining schedule. Of course, they have two games against the Eagles, who are what fifteenth, I believe, in in DVOA. That's correct. Uh, going into this weekend, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they are six and seven. They have two games against the Bears, and I think you just mentioned this: the Rams uh, and the Packers. Which one of those is on the at, road? Packers uh, is road? At the Packers, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the Eagles, I, I was doing some different uh, scenarios on, on 538. You can you can choose, you know, win-win, loss-loss, whatever. And then it gives you the, the percentage that they would make the playoffs. So uh, if the Eagles, uh, well, I guess I can just answer your question, Zach. Where it was your question, how do you think the final four games are going to play out? Correct. Okay. So my prediction is that they uh, split with the Washington football team. I'm undecided on uh, which game I'm going to give them into, you know, so okay. we'll do our, we'll do our predictions for this weekend uh, later in the week, but I think they split with Washington football team. I think they beat the giants and I think they lose to Dallas. So in that scenario, they would be eight and nine. They would have a 7% chance of getting in the playoffs. So, you know, not impossible, but most likely not happening if you split with Washington and win one of the other two games. Now, if they go three and one and they win the next three and just lose the final game to the Cowboys, 74% chance of getting into the postseason. So, like, if you basically sweep, all you need, sweep Washington is huge. Sweep Washington is huge. Yes. They would still need, I still think they would still need two Vikings losses. Okay. Uh, or like they, one of the other uh, uh, like longer scenarios, but if they go three and one, but one of the wins is against the Cowboys, so lose one of the next three, beat the Cowboys, 
66% chance of getting in. So, uh, you know, three and one, you're, it's not a lock. It's not a given, but you're more likely than not uh, based on these scenarios to get in two and two. I mean, you, you would really, you're probably on the outside looking in. There. Now, Dennis, I think has made the point that, um, you know, there are people who uh, the, the, the prevailing notion right now is that uh, the, the, if the Cowboys lock things up, they'll, you know, it's good for the Eagles because they'll rest their starters in, in week 18, but they're uh, almost guaranteed to be in a scenario where they will be able to improve their seed to like a, an important degree, potentially. So it's it's not that's not a definite, um, but maybe not maybe not enough to get the one seed. So who knows? Who knows how they handle those things? If the question to me is how I think they're going to how I think they're going to they're going to close, I think they're going to go three and one. Um, mm. but I don't, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I don't know if they're going to get both Vikings losses. I think, I think if you put water gun to my head right now, I would say they miss the playoffs at nine and eight. Wow. Okay. So you would be going on sort of the, uh, 34% side of that. I guess. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think you definitely could get two Vikings losses. I mean, the Vikings, sure. uh, you know, every game they play is decided by one possession. Every game Basically, play. you got the Rams, you got at the Packers. I mean, they could even lose one of those Bears games. The Bears are not a good team, but that's like the type of game that the Vikings uh, could definitely blow, especially they've got two of those. So that mm, I don't would know. not I mean, surprise me. I know Tracer's in, in, the, uh, in the comments talking about Nancy Reagan. I think we want to stay away from that. No idea. I, but, okay. I don't understand the reference. Okay. All right, Zach. What's your prediction? I don't. <laughs> so know. I, yeah. So I think that they, uh, similar to Shio, I, I think they they split against Washington. I think they win this one and they lose down in 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 Washington. I think they beat the Giants. Okay. And then it comes down. I, I think they'll be in a win and in situation mm. in Week 18. And th at that point, it depends if what the Cowboys have to play for. Uh, there's, there's the chance the Cowboys might want to manipulate the, the matchup. You, you, you see that in the NBA sometimes, right? They, they, in, they could say they'll rest their players, but really they're trying to either avoid a team or get a team, something like that. So pay attention to what could, what could happen there. But, uh, why are we so, I mean, not you guys are, this is not, you're not guaranteeing this, but well, like, why is it such a stretch to see that they could just beat Washington twice? Like, are you guys impressed with Oh, Washington? no, they could. No, they could. It's not a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think they could be 3 0 okay. going into that game. Uh, and if they're 3 0 going into that game, then, you know, I, I think they're in the playoffs. But going into the, uh, the Dallas game, all things being equal, I would pick Dallas to win. I think Dallas is the better team, like we discussed. Sure. Only they're across the board. I, I would pick Dallas. But if they're resting players or if they have motivation other than trying to win the game, then I think the Eagles win. And I think the Eagles would be in the playoffs going to one of the Bays, either Tampa Bay or Green Bay. Mm. Well, we know what the, you're going for. Tampa Bay, definitely. I don't think that's uh, a, that's that's a controversial. Oh, thing either. come on, I do. What was Playoff me. game at Lambo? Yeah, awesome, the pageantry. Man. What are we doing? Love that stadium. Yeah, I love on. that stadium too. But uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers' last home game as a Green Bay Packer. Come on, Z Burp. It's right yeah. down your alley. It's be telling it's, your grandkids yeah. about that. True. True. Look, I, mean, I, I wouldn't complain about going to Green Bay. 
If uh, okay, yeah, that's your reference. I thought if Aaron Rodgers makes it to the hmm. plate. Yeah, I mean, there's a scenario that even if the Cowboys have something to play for in Week 18, if it's not the one seed, you know, if you watch their game last week against Washington and you see how Dak Prescott is moving around or not moving around well, uh, I should say, and their offensive performance since he came back has not been good. I mean, it is night and day compared to what they were earlier in this early in the season. It would not shock me at all if they said, you know what, this week of rest is more important than maybe moving up uh, one seed here in the playoff picture. So that that's something to keep in mind. And not well. to get not to get too like ahead of ourselves for this week's game, but I'm like I'm very curious to see what the Eagles look like this week because you know, having covered Andy Reid's teams, like the assumption is like they're going to be much better after the bye. Um, but like the most disappointing game of this Eagles season to me was when they were coming off the mini buy, hmm. uh, that Raiders game. Yep. And it was like, oh, like we, we had a chance to look at some things and make some adjustments. And they came out in like the worst way. It was like their worst half of the year on both sides of the ball. It was terrible. So um, I would certainly like to see a better result this time. Yeah, I don't see, you know, huge changes or adjustments i mean it's a it's a it's a week 14 buy you know are you really it's going to like, be you got these they guys, already had that in the middle of the like, season they totally changed yeah they totally changed right. what they were in the middle of the season so what else is there to really do you know maybe defensively you say all right let's settle on uh, some of these things but offensively i think we pretty much know what they're going to be now as for this weekend the eagles are four and a half point favorites which I think I think had gone all the way down to like two uh, before last week. Uh -oh. So moved okay. moved based on uh, what Washington did last weekend and some of their injuries. So all right, all right. Well, why don't we take a little break and come back on the other side and talk about the man who uh, who shall not be mentioned, except he will be. We're going to talk a little Carson Wentz one year after he was benched in favor of Jalen Hurts. Back on Birds with Friends, incredibly. Impressive restraint from Zach, not to say family, when uh, going through that <laughs> artifact ad. Uh, but we are back, and we are here to talk Wait, about. Did you see the commitment video, by the way? The that Brian like, Kelly commitment that video. like three sixty thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah I saw it. I mean, I mean well, someone was pointing it's... out, Bo, you used a different voice in the athletic football show than you use here. So maybe you know, you and Brian Kelly are one. Interesting. I wouldn't. I don't think it was a different voice. I think it was just like a different. Uh, Cadence. Cadence. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Maybe not. It's the national voice. <clears throat> Omaha. No, I'm not. No, I'm, uh, too esoteric for national. What are we doing? Um, okay. Well, speaking of national, we have a national reporter here to help guide or to guide our discussion of the quarterback of, uh, of a different team. So uh, take us away, Shield. Yeah, I didn't know what direction we wanted to go in here. I think we first brought it up before the season and we said, all right, we'll we'll get to it, we'll get to it. And we never got to it. I, I guess it's sort of a Carson Wentz closure or Carson Wentz, uh, you know, we don't have a previous game to talk about. So let's get it. I mean, the part I'm, I think this was a very complex relationship uh, between Carson Wentz and Eagles fans. And that is the part that interests me the most. So let me, I'll throw the question out to you guys. If I asked you, uh, how would you describe Carson Wentz's relationship with the fans when he was here as the quarterback compared to, you know, what his relationship is with the fans uh, at this point, given all that's transpired and him being uh, in Indianapolis? How, how would you answer that question? 
Ahead, if you have you're a the, take, you're the one who wrote who, who wrote like a book it, on. Yeah. I would say the most uh, uh, important like fracture in there, not fracture, but the most important uh, variable in that relationship. Well, so I, that's a good point. You know, I I do think the Foles dynamic exists for some fans, but I, I think overall the the last impression can often be a lasting impression. And Ooh, that's it's a good similar. one. Would you pull that out of thin air? <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've, I've probably heard that before. That's uh, a good that's, one. But every week, you know, it's it's similar to <laughs> it's similar to what you're seeing uh, with with Ben Simmons right now. In that, I feel like this fan base excuses a lot. They take it personally when you don't want to be there anymore, and the notion that. Sure, it ran its course. It, it that's like that. I don't think that flew with Eagles fans. I think it, it'd be one You're thing. On it'd be one thing if the team tr- just just flat out traded him, but the fact that Wentz tried to get out of here with the context that the organ and, and we discussed this when they traded him. Like they tr- they tried to do everything to keep him happy, uh, and. So I I think that they that that the way it ended was I I hate categorizing like all fans together or, or lumping Philadelphia fans into one because it's a collection of individuals right it, it, I'm no different than it bothers me when when the media is all, all, all lumped into one but uh, if if I can generalize here I I think there's a, I think Philadelphia's issue with Carson Wentz is not the way he played or not even the way it ended, but the fact that he didn't want to be here. And I think that offended their sensibilities. Do you think not to, not to like play two armchair uh, psychologist, but do you think that Carson Wentz would have wanted out and would have pulled that emergency switch if either he had won the Super Bowl in 2017, or Nick Foles had not won the Super Bowl. Say they say they lose in the Super Bowl, and he doesn't have that hanging over him for his entire, uh, you know, career after that. You do, do you think that that was a, a major factor? I do. No, I think if they lost the Super Bowl that year, uh, I think last year would have still played out the same. You think it would have played out the same? Yeah. Okay. Now, if if they. Uh, if he won the Super Bowl, that's where I think then it's different. Then it's then it's different. Um, so my take on that. Sorry, Bo, did you did you want to answer that question? No, no? I just think I, I think that has always been a part of the dynamic with the fan base. Like it's it, it was always an awkward thing for him to know that, you know, as much as he was responsible for that success in 2017, um, you know, the portions of the fan base, portions of the locker room thought that he shouldn't be the quarterback. Um, I think he was carrying that. And as much as the organization, so you're saying eight, 2018 forward, you're saying, yes. Okay. Um, and as much as the organization internally tried to sort of overcorrect for that, you know, from all the stuff we've heard about Howie Roseman and, you know, the fat head in his office and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that was always a factor. But I like I, I just on the one hand, I am all for player agency in like a hundred percent. If he didn't want to be here and he had the means to force his way out, that's fine. Like he, you know, NFL players should be able to do that. Uh, 
at the same point, like what what I find, um, if I was a fan, what I find like even worse than him wanting to quit Philadelphia and force his way out is his own lack of accountability on the way he played last season. He was so bad last year, and for him to pout as if like he was benched for no reason um, and like to never speak about it, I think I think that has like that has been the lasting impression to me that that he was never willing to own the fact that he was really really bad last year. I think that's right. I think I think the two things. Uh, you, you, I, I think what you said, Bo, I agree with. And Zach, what you said about, uh, you know, I, it's probably every city, but I, you know, especially in Philadelphia for a person, for an athlete to not want to play in Philadelphia anymore, that that is going to be the lasting impression. Uh, I think this was a very unique situation. This, this to me was sort of like a, a scorned lover type relationship with the fans and Carson Wentz. I mean, which you've been through I, many times, of course. Uh, I remember, you know, <laughs> when we came back in, 2017. I mean, the fan investment in this guy really, you know, I, I don't want to say unparalleled because it it happens when you when you invest a top draft pick in a quarterback, or it could be uh an NBA player, um, but specifically trading up to get the guy, that's how it starts. And then there's all this talk. Well, was it the smart thing to do, you know, to give up that many picks for a guy who played uh that level? In college, I don't know if that was the right move or not. And that's sort of the outside voices. And so internally, you start defending the guy. Then there's, you know, Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott. So now all of a sudden you have this natural rivalry. That was a huge discussion uh, that year. And so you're jumping through hoops. Boy, was I wrong about that? jumping through hoops to defend your guy against the Cowboys quarterback. I mean, it just felt natural. You have so much um, invested in him. And then he delivers that season in 2017. And everything feels great. We were right. You were wrong. You're clowning on anybody who who said the trade was bad. You're clowning on anybody who said that uh, Dak Prescott was the better quarterback. And everything feels right. You were right. They were wrong. And then what happens after that? Then all of a sudden, 2018, all right, it's not, it's not really going uh, as well with this guy. 2019, it's not going as well with this guy. But you've had so much invested in. So I would say in that period, 2018 and 2019, I don't think in my lifetime I've heard more excuses made for a quarterback. I mean, we can probably go back and listen to our podcast discussions. It was the lack of receiver talent. It was the front office making all these mistakes. It was the coaching staff not putting him in position to succeed. And, you know, some of that, maybe a lot of it had merit, but those were not the excuses I remember being made for, uh, you know, Donovan McNabb when he was playing poorly uh, in some of those years. Certainly the wide receiver thing, that was at to Donovan McNabb, uh, which everyone was screaming about, and it was totally relevant. But every other quarterback I remember, I mean, it was everybody but Carson Wentz's fault. And so I think the fan base had so much invested in him that they were not willing to look at it and say, well, maybe he, you know, there was some flukiness to that 2017 season. Maybe that was the outlier. Maybe he's never going to be that guy anymore. Maybe he's, you know, uh, the injury history, the fumbles, the lack of accuracy, the, you know, the relationship or non-relationship with some of his teammates, the leadership skills, but the, the ability to play in Philadelphia, maybe all those things are issues like that was, you know, if you spoke about those and we did speak about those in 2018 and 2019, that was not the majority take that he deserved criticism for a lot of those things. The more popular take was that 
everything around him is failing Carson Wentz. And so then it all comes crashing down all of a sudden. And now you're in a situation where it has moved from that. You were fully invested in this guy. This was your guy. You thought you were going to be able to watch him for the next eight to 10 years. You were going to be in the mix every season, kind of like the McNabb era. And that wasn't the case. Then he doesn't want to be there. And now he's gone. And so now I think that's why there is, I don't know, it's just sports hate. I don't know that it's real hate, but now I feel like that's why the venom towards him is so strong with the way everything uh, played out. So I think it's different than Ben Simmons because I don't think that the majority of the fan base was ever that invested and that like all in with defending Ben Simmons. I, I don't think they gave him a raw deal or anything like that. You're rooting for the guy. It's like, all right, maybe this off season he'll improve his game. He'll do, he'll learn how to shoot and he'll come back next year. Like everybody was rooting for that, but there wasn't as much investment in him as there was for Carson Wentz. So I do wonder like when he, you know, I, I hate the whole, you know, will the guy get booed or not get booed, but I don't know when they would, he would even come back to Philadelphia. Long for time. A game. It's in Indianapolis next year. Okay. Game. All right. Yeah. So it'll, it'll uh, be a while, but at some point there's going to be the Super Bowl team is going to uh, get recognized. And what, you know, I, I think in those situations, it'll probably be warmer, but if it's a situation where he's coming in uh, with an opposing team as their quarterback, yeah, I think if he were coming anytime he would, soon. Yeah, it would be bad. You know, yeah. he would not be greeted warmly. And it's crazy because, like, step back and look at it. It's the best season. If you are an Eagles fan, really, of any age right now, it may be the best. It's probably going to be the best season of your lifetime. Yeah. Regarding, I mean, maybe not. Who knows what the next however many years. Uh, but it was still the first one. So even, let's say, they win a Super Bowl, you know, who knows. And for, the, for the reasons that we've talked about, that it was like it was yeah. so out of out nowhere. Out of nowhere, it yeah. Was, yeah, there, nothing will ever compare to that. So the first third, 13 weeks, right, of that season, mm -hmm. he's the starter? Yes. 13 yeah. or 14. Th he got hurt week 14. He got hurt week okay. 14. So, first, so the yeah. first 13 weeks of the season, he was the starting quarterback of that team that you love, that you probably have memorabilia around your house, that you have memories with your friends that Hopefully you still you talk book. about. <laughs> you have the book, everything. And so uh, it, it, it is It's sort of a it's a strange, uh, complicated. I kind of agree. Rich Bobby's saying that Wentz might not come back for the Super Bowl reunions. He might, very well might be yeah. right about that. When I was just saying it, um, I was kind of thinking that, you know, I don't know if he will. So the quarterback who started 13 weeks of your Super Bowl season, I feel like I mean, think was. about how weird that is, might not come back to celebrate uh, that season. He was not the guy who finished it. So that was my, I mean, that's my big take on the, uh, on sort of, you know, that that's the part of the Wentz situation that's most inter interesting to me. I just I I look at the Hertz pick as so revealing on both sides. First off, in the Eagles misevaluating the situation, as far as like from their perspective, they were like, "How could Carson be offended by this? Or how could yeah. this affect Carson? We gave him a hundred plus million dollar contract. We traded the suit, or in trade, we we didn't go with the Super Bowl MVP." We've we've done everything that he's that he's wanted. They didn't trade him out of the kindness of their hearts. Yeah. yeah, no, but 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 like the they from 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 their perspective, and I I I think Howie said this when they drafted him. Like they they thought they showed Carson with their actions what they thought of Carson. Right? How could Carson be offended by this? Like I I don't think they foresaw the outcome. And then from Carson's perspective, to actually be affected by it, whereas. You saw Aaron Rodgers last year 
He clearly wasn't happy, and and he goes on and has an MVP performance, like like has an MVP year. I mean, uh, there are countless examples of players who feel miffed, and the way they channel it is by is by sticking it to the organization, by 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 playing great, right? And uh, for for Carson, it went the other way. So I I I think it revealed the the. Uh, I, I I guess how the Eagles misread the situation, A, and also how Carson maybe didn't have what they thought he had either. Well, I'm I'm I am fascinated by what Shield thinks of his level of play this year. I mean, you know, I have seen yeah. bits and pieces. Um, it's funny to me to look at like their efficiency that uh, you know, he leaves. <laughs> They're first in rushing DVOA. The Eagles are third in rushing DVOA. And meanwhile, they're 18th in passing. The Eagles are 14th. It's like it's funny that they have both gone in that direction. Um, and I feel like he gets less credit for that than Jalen Hurts should. Uh, I mean, obviously. But uh, you know, what have you what have you seen from him? Like in terms of Eagles seasons, who does yeah. he look most like? You know, like- uh, I yeah, I I think I think that's a great way to put it, and that's exactly what I was going to say anyway. I mean, he he's a version of the 2018-2019 Carson Wentz in in my opinion. I mean, statistically, uh, he is 12th in EPA per play, 16th in DVOA, 6th in QBR. I mean, I don't know how he's 6th in QBR. Uh, if you watch, it's an indictment games, of the statistic. It's an indictment. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I would say he's a middle of the pack quarterback. They do not ask Carson Wentz to win games. I mean, it sort of goes back to the article we wrote in the spring and the conversations with uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson after like that Thursday night game against the Packers. Like that's what the Colts are doing every week. It is, it is run the ball. Uh, like you just mentioned, they're first in rushing DVOA. Jonathan Taylor's been the best running back in the NFL. And then it's, Hey, Hey Carson, go make a, go make like a handful of plays and don't turn the ball over. And so he's had some very nice downfield throws that have been uh, schemed up. He's scrambled a little bit for, uh, for first downs. Like those are the types of things he is doing. He is not, it's, it's not, Hey, Carson put, you know, put the offense um, on your back and lead us to victory. Now there have been games where he's had to do a little bit more. And, you know, in, in instances uh, he has done that. I think the turnovers don't reflect the, I don't know if careless nature that he still plays with, but yeah. he, you know, he, he still has these plays every week where you're going, no one's ever going to get through with him grip through to him and convince him to not throw a backhanded flip here when a defender has him in the grasp outside the pocket. Those plays are still on film. They have not been coached out of him. You look at the numbers, he's thrown 22 touchdowns and five interceptions. So it doesn't seem like it, uh, but those and are he still has there. lost some of that athleticism, right? Like that's fair yes, to say. Yeah. Like, I mean, he still does like the duck under move and it worked, it worked like once and he picked up a first down, but you're going like, shoot like every time he did that over the last three years i'm going he's gonna get a neck injury here like this looks dangerous <laughs> this is not gonna end well and so uh yeah i i don't think he looks you don't watch him and think he's athletic i would say he's very uh league average in terms of athleticism they don't do anything with him in the run game it's quarterback sneak get a couple scrambles here if you can uh they're coached they're coached well he does not have a great supporting cast if you look at the people he's throwing to on a weekly basis like it's below average i mean it's this he's guy stud Ash, receiver and michael pittman your boy michael pittman uh but then ty hilton 
<laughs> T.Y. Hilton, Ashton Doolin, I think is the guy's name. Who Never like catches, he, he just catches bomb. He catches like one bomb a week from <laughs> Carson Wentz. These guys just bring up. So, um, you know, I think Colts fans would probably be like, all right, we kind of like our team this year in that it's they're fundamentally sound. The defense creates turnovers. They can run the football, but I don't think that if you ask them, hey, do you trust Wentz in a big spot? And this could come Saturday night against a good, very good Patriots defense. Do you trust him in a spot like that to come through? Uh, I think they would probably say no. Which I think, bring, sorry, Zach, brings us to like the important question, which is like, are you better off with long-term Carson Wentz as your quarterback or the way the Eagles are situated right now? And you know, it's it's like you said before, Shield. What was so great about Carson Wentz in 2017 was not only is he playing this unbelievable level, but you're thinking as a fan, finally we have the quarterback situation solved. We don't have that weight that is always looming over our shoulder. Like, when are we going to find the quarterback? We can't get it done. Like, we're not going to be consistently good until we we solve that position. We have finally solved that position, and so. Is it worse to have committed to a guy who doesn't, who you think you have solved it, and it turns out you haven't solved it, and you have him on your books now, and your your franchise is committed to this guy who is not the answer, or is it worse to be where the Eagles are now, where they're in a position where they know that they don't have the answer, and they're trying to uh, have all these different ways to throw darts and try to try to solve that position? I mean, that's easy to me. I, I, I think where they are now is, is I better. I mean, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone internally seeing how this season has played out would say that, shoot, we have, you know, we have regrets about that. You're given what they got for him. It would have been a different scenario. I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to get what they got for him. And so that was a good job by Howie Roseman. Probably his, his you know, best move uh, of the off season was to be able to get for those sure. contingencies in there and now get a first round pick for a guy who was one of the worst starters in the NFL last year. You're selling low, but you you know what you got in return, it doesn't look like you're selling low. And so I would much rather be in the situation they're in. They don't have it answered. You're right. That cloud is still over the franchise. Is it going to be Hurts? Is it going to be somebody else? What are you going to do? There's a big move to be made, but they do have options. They do have uh, resources to make that move. So that to me is uh, is a pretty simple answer. I, th- right. I I think it's it's TBD here. It, it, it really mm-hmm. depends on on how they fill that quarterback spot, right? Like if if they spend the next you know four or five years trying to find it, then you know if 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 you're where Washington is now, I suppose I would rather have Carson. But all things being equal, I I, I would rather have the the draft pick, the cap space, Hurts. And the option to add a quarterback, it's just it's 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 critical to see how they uh, fix that spot. I, I am curious. Have you guys seen Hard Knocks? I I I admittedly I'm very behind on it. I saw the first episode, which was Carson heavy. But have you learned anything from Carson from Hard Knocks? Seen the first two. Okay, I think. And uh, no, I mean it's yeah, it's not uh, the most enticing okay. TV. The scenes with. Uh, with Carson Wentz, I would say uh, DeForest Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard seem like 
great guys you would want to root for uh, on your team and are obviously great players. So they've stood out to me uh, more. It is funny looking at the coaching staff. I mean, every, you know, all the assistants are, are from that Eagle Super Bowl stat, not all, but I mean, there's a Mike Grossi. Uh, they're talking to press Taylor oh, that deep. Uh, before the game, Frank Reich, obviously. And so, you know, speaking of that Super Bowl team and the reunion, the coaches who come back, or the coaches who are in Indianapolis right now. A lot, of, a lot of them. All right. All right. Anything left on this bone? I don't think so. All right. There you go. The the, the long promised Carson Wentz segment. Yeah, I don't. I don't think probably didn't live up to expectations. Uh, I think that was good. a good. Yeah, Got some stuff in depth conversation. Yeah. Do you do you have any expectation that he will like be better again? Like like the or this is just who he is forever? No, no I mean, I, yeah. No, I mean, this is. I don't think the 2017 guy is is coming back. You know, if you were to upgrade his uh, his weapons, I know he just talked about right. that. But All these I mean, excuses. he's if he's playing mediocre to slightly above average with this group. If you told me you added, you know, a couple better players next year, and uh, the biggest and surprise to me by maybe, far of his season is that he's played every game. It's it's crazy. Like, and almost every yeah. snap too. Yeah. What's the Eagles' wild. record if he if 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 they don't trade him, if he's the starting quarterback right now, what's the, they don't record? trade him. So he's playing. But they still have Nick Sirianni. Yes. Everything they, else is the same. They, they say Doug was the problem. Good question. Good. I question. think they would be worse. Really? Do you? I think they would be worse because I don't think they have, I don't think the run run game is as good. And I don't think the passing game is that much better. I, I don't know. I mean, we, you talk about like these, like, the Gardner Minshew offense that we saw against the Jets, Carson Wentz like can't run that offense. He, he's so inaccurate on those e on those those. Well, I, I, I think the version of Wentz we're seeing now. Okay. I I think it would pro I I think it would be pretty similar. Their record. Okay. okay. So then yeah. it's a great trade then. Like by all if the if 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 they're it's 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 not standing trade. You disagree, Zach? You think they'd be called eight, I, I eight don't and five? I mean, I'm I'm deferring to Shill here because I honestly haven't watched much of Carson. The only exposure I've I've, I've really had was that Thursday night Jets game when like right. they looked they looked awesome. The yeah. Colts. Uh, I mean, I I know game. that's that's that not Ravens Carson game too. I watched. Uh, so that Titans game I saw the end of. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll defer to Shill here. I mean, I look, I I saw enough of Carson in 2020 to think like. It wasn't going to work out here. So, well, I was talking, and this 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 leads us into uh, the next segment, which is like I don't think that we have given enough credit to the Eagles' offense this season for just not being boring. Like after three years of complaining about True. the bog, this is maybe more of a Doug thing than a Carson thing. But after three years of complaining about the exact same offense, it has been nice to see something different. All right, They've, uh, I mean, there there's. You would have a hard time arguing they've done anything but maximize. Well, I, let me take that back because we did have the first part of the season. But if you would, if you just said, "Hey, I'm going to show you these rankings," uh, you know, of where the Eagles are going into Week 15, I would have said the coaching staff has done a fantastic job this year. All right. Well, that's a who good has the, for, Go ahead. Who's? Oh, I'm 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 sorry. Okay. You were I think we're taking a break show here. Who's? I'm uh, real quick. Yeah. Next five years, who is the better career? Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Hmm. Is Hurts going to get an opportunity to be a starter for the next five years? 
I think he should. I'm not convinced that Carson Wentz will still be in the NFL in, in five years. So Zach, I think this. about I yeah. think about your draft night take like you know once a week. I mean, Jalen Hurts in that Pittsburgh Steelers uniform to yes. me mm. would just be so beautiful with Mike Tomlin. You know, not that he's not uh, doing well here, but you can't you just see it in your head, absolutely. You know, and him and Tomlin saying, "Let's go." They really like, did. Yeah. Right, yeah. Let's just standard run is the, the standard. Exactly. Yeah, no answers to any questions. <laughs> we got our defense, like the fan base, just loving him. Um, and like, not, I wouldn't even be a question. Like here, it's a question. Is Hertz going to be the guy? I feel like if he played how he's played here in that Steelers yeah. uniform, it would just be like, let's go. Let, let, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, I think you're right. We're, we're not even thinking about quarterback anymore. Um, it's tough for me because I, I mean, quarterbacks with not to, you know, expand this conversation more, but quarterbacks who have Hertz's current skill set don't get the same chances right. as, quarterbacks who have went to skill set and then people look at well where were they drafted and oh you know we can still get that 2017 version so i'm not convinced that the eagles are going to stick with jalen hurts past this year and so then is he a backup and then he's not starting a lot of games so i don't know i might say i i think i would say you know i i i feel like i think the smart money is on wentz yeah i was not a wentz guy you know i feel like i was criticizing him as early as anybody but i think my answer to that question would probably you know more likely would be wentz i i don't i'm not convinced that carson wentz ever wants to be a backup so i'm not so sure that like he lasts beyond three years from now. So I yeah, know. I think I would go with Hertz for the reason Bo mentioned, like, but the Colts I mean, aren't moving on from Wentz. Not, not, not next year. I mean, they're a very, they are not an aggressive, like let's blow it up type, especially yeah. with, I mean, Reich and Ballard well, I mean, just got extensions, Reich's relationship with Wentz. And they'll look at this year, even if they don't finish strong, they'll look at it and say, we had what, what are they? Eighth in offensive DVOA. I'll say we had a top 10 offense. We'll build around it and go forward. So it would almost have to take a Wentz 2020 performance, in my opinion, which is possible. Okay. <laughs> what yeah. he did last year. Yeah. Right. I mean, it takes one. Uh, it's it's a it's a steady organization for the most part, but it takes one bad night for Jim Irsay to turn that around. I just think the hurts and tangibles are so off the chart that there's always going to be a coach or an organization who is is going to say, let's let's have him as our quarterback this year and figure it out. Like he'll be uh, I, I feel like he'll be a bridge quarterback. If he's not the Eagles quarterback mm. here, he'll be a bridge quarterback for like four teams, you know, just because he has all the intangibles you would want. Okay. Yeah. Uh, quick break. And then back on the other side, talking, uh, talking head coaches. All right. Back on birds with friends. Uh, we don't have to go too long on this segment uh, since we've already gone an hour and 10 almost, but uh, we did want to take a look back at the, the hiring cycle that passed. And uh, you know, I think we were, uh, critical of the Eagles for being caught flat-footed to some degree, you know, waiting a week for uh, moving on from Doug Peterson before landing on Nick Sirianni. And I think it is instructive to look at the other guys who were hired, and I will uh, quickly take us through that. So seven guys hired in this last cycle. Uh, and it's very funny because the bottom five teams in DVOA all – featured on this list mm. uh so number 32 in dvoa a weird one arthur smith uh who despite a six and seven record there 32nd in dvoa tough to square that but arthur smith six and seven uh they were projected before the season to have seven and a half wins uh he is obviously an offensive coach they're 29th in offensive dvoa so they're they're close to hitting their projection despite the underlying numbers 
Um, 31st in DVOA, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. They were projected uh, by Vegas before the season. Their over-under was four and a half wins. They are at one and a half wins at one, 11, and one. They are 31st in offensive DVOA, 31st in defensive DVOA. Uh, 30th overall, David Culley and the 2-11 Houston Texans, who were projected before the season to win three and a half games. That is a difference of one and a half. Uh, they are 32nd in offensive DVOA, Culley, uh, an offensive head coach. 29th in DVOA, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 2-11. Their over-under was 6.5. They are 4.5 off of that pace, uh, which is the worst of all these coaches. 28th in offensive DVOA, 29th in defensive DVOA. I did go back to listen to our podcast about uh, after the Urban Meyer hiring because I was hoping I was hoping to catch Zach flat-footed. Uh, because I remembered him as being the, the like very pro urban, and he was certainly more pro urban than both Sheila and I. But his his argument was more about like the splash and the uh, like the name value, and less about him being as you know he was. We did sort of paint him into a corner, but it wasn't bad enough that I like felt the need to send it to Marissa to get it Thank on God, because that would have been a bad take. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty bad take. Yeah. <laughs> like you were, you were, you were uh, defending him as a program builder. To be fair, we were uh, like Sheila and I were focused a little more on the scumbag and less on how bad of a coach he would be. Um, and you were just defending that he has been a good program builder. I mean, not the case this time, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't not egregious. Twenty eighth um, okay. in DVOA, Robert Sala in the three and ten New York Jets. Uh, they had a over-under at five and a half, so two and a half wins off that pace. Then you go to Nick Sirianni and the six and seven Eagles, who uh, were projected to win just six and a half games before the season. Uh, ninth in offensive DVOA, as Shiel said, it, it, it does feel like they have uh, squeezed as much juice out of what they have as possible on offense. And that is the best number. Uh, in terms of like relative to their preseason win expectation. Now at 11th in DVOA, you have Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers who are projected to win nine and a half games. Um, and obviously they have a great quarterback, unlike every other team on that list. I, I guess I wonder if, as you look at that, like, would you, w these things change every year, but would would you say now, knowing what we know now that Sirianni is the, Second best hire of that group? Would you would you argue that he could be in conversation to be better than Brandon Staley? Yeah, I think I think those would be the top two. I, I think you could go with uh, either one of them. I mean, you could you could give Sirianni an edge by saying uh, he's doing this with Jalen Hurts, not yeah. Justin Herbert. I mean, honestly, uh, I could go coach the Chargers with Justin Herbert. We would finish above. I would just hire a good staff. Uh, I would call the media members by their names. I would give them lunch, uh, you know, every time they come to the facility. And uh, I would do just fine in that role with with Justin Herbert. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's that difficult. So like I, I, I'm at a um, I want more information on uh, on Brandon Brandon Staley before you know saying that he's the. Re I mean their defense has not been good uh, for much of the season, and so you can make the case that hey the most important thing or the most valuable thing for a head coach is to find a way to do more with less. 
offensively because that's what's really going to end up mattering. And man, if you get him some talent, uh, it could be really good. So I think you could make the case for uh, Sirianni there, or or you could say, you know, well, Staley's doing a good job with what he's had so far. Uh, he, some of his press conference clips go viral. He's he's pro analytics, uh, all these different things, and and make the case for him uh, as well. Yeah, it's so. I mean, clearly, I I will say I was wrong in Urban, right? And I should have known because I, uh, <laughs> my uh, I'm not making I, this a you have to defend Urban thing. This is, no, uh, no, I will defer to Shield. I, I I will defer to Shield on on the on the rules for hiring a new coach because I I do I have like to say that, like that the the increasingly is. to see someone look more and more dead like in his <laughs> eyes every week is a treat. But uh. But my main role is is hire the person, not the resume, right? And and so I am uh, I'm wrong there in that clearly there was there's something wrong with with that situation. <laughs> oh, um, I thought you were going to say something wrong with Urban Meyer, which was no, I mean, which, also I, true. which is also I don't true. know, but I I frame that as 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 a way of saying I've been really impressed with Sirianni, and and again I'm closer to the situation here. Than I, 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 than these other coaches. So it's it's hard for me to ascertain how Robert Sal is doing with the Jets, for instance. Or uh, although I, I think Arthur Smith's done a good job navigating a really weird situation in Atlanta. Like I, I saw them the other day. They have no talent on offense except Cordero Patterson. And, um, and what he, about their generational tight end? <laughs> which generation right uh oh 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 i'm sorry i was thinking hayden hurts yeah <laughs> uh, 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 uh kyle yeah you don't I, think of him as a tight end oh uh, yeah he's an offensive weapon no that is true that is true i take that back kyle pitts is outstanding and matt ryan's uh really a, a really good player too but no so what i was saying about sirianni is is he's really impressed me how he's evolved this year how he's how he's made adjustments and I think he's he's done a good job keeping that locker room uh, a motivated and, and and b behind him. So that's a big part of being a head coach is how do you navigate those situations? And uh, I, I give him a lot of credit there. Don't be a miserable disaster is the first you know the the Urban the Myers that's the new number one the Matt Patricias. I mean that's what you want how about to fly avoid. home on the team plane. Yes. Yeah, that's the prerequisite, yeah. right? Keep like that's the, the price keep of admission. The, keep the uh, public diddling to a to a minimum. Well, what about the thing where what was he? He was asked about a guy. Andre what was Cisco. the quote? Yeah, Andre Cisco. Yeah, what, tell me what was no, Zach me that? Syracuse guy. Yeah, Syracuse guy. He was asked, "Are they going to play Andre Cisco more?" And he said, "Yeah, you know, I, I believe his, his playing time went up this game or something along those lines. Took zero snaps." So, I mean, I, I, I'm not so sure on. he could name the starting offensive line, like on the team. He doesn't know that the, the media will tell him stuff in press conferences and he'll like be surprised or like a game that just happened. I mean, you know, I know I'm sure it's a, for, listen, for me, it would be a total blur. I would have no idea what they're talking about if I had to do it, but usually had coaches have a better memory. So he's a disaster. Uh, the bar in Detroit and with the jets is so low that, and the, you know they've like just people stung. are still excited about both guys, right? Marissa, what's the feeling about Robert Sala in New York? Um, I think Bobby I think Stella it's more on home. Zach Wilson right now yeah, okay. than Robert Sala. Like I think that everyone's not really focused on Sala because they're more like, uh, we just wasted a second round 
or <laughs> second overall yeah, pick the, the on yeah. yeah this so uh, and then and then like, that makes eh. it more of a joe douglas thing yes like Salah yes. is is skating as the third most yes. scrutinized person of that triumvirate right definitely Definitely. Even though they do have the worst defense in the NFL, right? Their, def their defensive talent yeah. is terrible. They've also had bad luck. I mean, some of their best, some of their players, yeah. they were counting on Carl Lawson, Mackay Becton. Those were on a team that has like no, you know, maybe three blue chip players and two of them go down uh, with an injury. So um, we'll see on Salah. Uh, but, but certainly I don't, I don't think anyone would say you've, Campbell, like people like people like Campbell's people energy, like right? people like a Campbell because he I think I think that's exactly, you know, I think it's Zach's then the authenticity thing. Like he is who he is, you know, like I don't know that he's ever going to be a good coach. He probably will not be, but he is who he is. He doesn't seem like a jerk. Players seem to like him. Uh, they play hard. Having said that, like that's fine for the first year. That gets really old if you're, you know, two and 13 in year two and you can't figure out who to get on the field and you're calling back-to-back -back timeouts and you're taking play calling duties away from the offensive coordinator that you hired and uh, all those things. So I don't know that that one's that encouraging. David Culley, I mean, you can't even really evaluate that one. Poor guy. Um, Arthur Smith is probably the classic, like, just let's, let's wait a year and get more uh, information next year because it's not a talented team. I wouldn't say that anything he's done has said, all right, you know, they've got a chance here. He just seems like sort of standard vanilla NFL coach so far. And so we'll get uh, more information on that. But one. So, offered yeah. that offered that trade. You would turn it down. What? Sirianni for Arthur Smith. Oh, yeah. Not even close, right? You wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably I guess it's some recency bias. I think the Eagles probably would, you know, before the season would have rather had Arthur Smith. I think wasn't Robert Sala like he had an interview schedule with the Eagles, I believe, when he took the Jets job. So, uh, again, luck plays a big factor in a lot of this. Well, just so very quickly, indulge me. Uh, we'll go through the rest of the head coaches. Just snap, <laughs> snap, just snap judgment. Would you trade? And I think it's important to, like, think about the context, like, of the team. I mean, obviously, okay. you would rather have Bill Belichick, right? But. Uh, some of these, like, yeah, you know, I think that's fair. Okay, to say. so, so, so the yeses, like Belichick, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Andy Reid. Would you call Matt Lafleur an easy yes? Yes, uh, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't say it's an easy yes, but uh, it would be a yeah. I don't know whether he gets uh, too much credit or not enough credit, but man, they don't. They like haven't. They've lost like six games, eight, eight games in the it's last crazy. three years or something. So uh, I would say yes to Lafleur. McVay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now the easy knows, I think. Zach Taylor. Yes. I mean, correct. No, right. Vic Fangio. Correct. Basaccia. Correct. McCarthy. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Who even remembers that he's <laughs> uh, correct. I would not want McCarthy. Joe Judge. Correct. correct. Matt Nagy. Correct. Okay, so now this is the these are the ones who who I'm curious what you think. McDermott, right, a water gun to my head. Who McDermott? That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'd rather a feisty McDermott. guy. Who am I? Am I the uh, am the I Eagles. the owner? So, but who am I within the Eagles? Because McDermott uh, is question. an intense guy. You know, I would like this is the Jeffrey Lurie says like who would I rather have lunch with? I think Jeffrey Lurie would be more comfortable in a lunch with Nick Sirianni than Sean McDermott. But I would say McDermott. Okay. Uh Flores. Um, ooh, that's a good one. 
there's been some weird stuff happening there. I would probably stick with Sirianni, I think. I think I would probably would too. Zach? I don't, I'd probably go Flores, but... Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I, I just want to jump in real quick that the sample size <laughs> say, is so okay. small. Of no, course, it's like the funny. Say, why are we still doing a podcast? It's like the funny thing of the, uh, you know, the 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 quarterbacks from the 2018 class or whatever it was, right? Where it's like after year one, everybody would have taken yeah. Baker. After year two, exactly. everybody would have then then Lamar, then Josh Allen. You know, these things these things change. But Adam Gase went ten and six his first year. Matt Nagy, I never would have taken Adam Gase. Let's be fair. Uh, Matt Nagy had a playoff year his first year. Yeah, so Nagy might be a good comp. Change. Nagy yeah. isn't a bad comp. Nagy's a good one. That could happen to Sirianni. You're right. That absolutely totally. could happen to Sirianni. Where next year we're going. All right, you know, you come in, you have a good year, but did he really? You know, was he really doing anything that special? And now, and everybody likes Nagy. You know. Nagy seems yeah. like a likable, personable guy. Like the players don't hate Nagy, but he's just not bringing that much to the table. But this Good is time. just an exercise for a moment yeah. of time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stefanski, I would take Stefanski. I would I take, take Stefanski. Vrabel. Yeah, it's hard to argue against Vrabel. Yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, I would take a Vrabel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I Frank would like Reich. your I would like your guys' press conference questions to Mike Vrabel. I think that would be entertaining. What was the Why did he walk off the other day? I, I, I still don't that. know. He I said know he, well, he, he he said he he wasn't going to talk about Zach Cunningham. Okay, and then like the next you know two questions were about Zach Cunningham, and, okay. and his okay. his point was he told them Zach Cunningham's not playing this weekend. Like we'll talk about Zach Cunningham next week, and then it's like and. I didn't think. I thought it was an innocent question. I, I yeah, but I also don't like. I don't like like. Don't tell me what to ask. Like, yeah. So good it, job yeah, by the, the yeah. reporter. Asked it politely. Exactly. Yeah. All I mean, they have to write about Zach Cunningham right, right now. So he just said, "Can you just yeah. tell us what you saw?" In yeah. and I got him all, all mad. Right. So yeah, that would be funnier. I think <laughs> he would be. He, I don't know that he would. I think he might be better served to be. But he's actor. like he's he's what nine and four without his best player, without you know his top wide receiver. Lost his offensive coordinator, and, and you know I I give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit. Okay, okay. Uh, Frank Reich, it's hard to like not take the guy who taught this guy yeah, everything, like everything he patterns himself after. Uh, Rivera, Ron Rivera, I think I'd take a Sirianni. Yeah, I think I would rather stick with Sirianni. Mike Zimmer, your boy. Oh my gosh, Zimmer would be really fun here. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't think I, I think you kind of know what the upside is with Zimmer as your head coach. And it's going to come with a lot of, uh, limitations to what you can do offensively. So in my opinion, how you have to win the NFL that no, I would not do that. Bruce Arians would love Zimmer as my D coordinator. Mm. Uh, well at this point, Bruce Arians. Yeah. You I don't really want, take, I would, no, I would still take an Arians. You take an Arians. Yeah. Be an odd what, fit with Jalen Hurts, I guess, but that's not yeah, how you he, make it. Uh, what about you, Zach? Yeah, I would take Bruce. He's, he's won a Super Bowl. He wins. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was not controversial. If the Eagles hired Bruce Arians right now, he would set the record for fewest hours spent in the office uh, <laughs> for any NFL head coach. So if nothing else, that would I would I would like that about him. Sean Payton. Yeah, Peyton. Yeah, I would yeah, take Sean Payton. Absolutely, Peyton. That's. But easy. what if it? What if you? What if you also? That means you have to take Kevin James with him. Then absolutely. Okay, uh, Matt Rule. It's, I mean, that's an easy Sirianni. Okay, they're a disaster. I mean, they are Total an under. They are, it's an underreported disaster. Uh, the Carolina Panthers just like 
that was if, if like the Washington football team were doing what they've done with quarterbacks, I mean, they were, or the Jets, they would be a complete laughingstock in the NFL. I mean, they have no clue. They have no plan. Look at their quarterback moves. Sign Teddy Bridgewater to $23 million a year. He's competent. He's exactly what you should expect for, from him. Get rid of him. Trade picks for Sam Darnold. Don't draft a quarterback. Don't land a Stafford or anyone else you want. Sam Darnold stinks. Go out and give Cam Newton, who does not have a job, guaranteed whatever they did, yeah, that was millions weird. of dollars for no reason. Then you're pulling Cam Newton out of games, putting P.J. Walker in there. Then you fired your offensive coordinator, and you're like 30 for a second in DV offensive DVOA this season. They are a mess, that team. Yeah. Look, I defended right. Matt Rule. It's getting yeah. harder, though. Seems like a nice guy. Again, I would like to have lunch with Matt Rule. I just don't know if I would want him making my uh, – give him so much power where he's – and he's man, he's having these Pete Carroll-like comments. You know, if we get 50 combined completions and runs, Bill Parcells told me this in 1989. Well, Sirianni had something like that What's earlier going this on? Season. I mean, how's you know? I thought David Tepper was like the data-friendly owner. I mean, nothing, nothing they do speaks to an owner who's like on top of his uh, stuff with a data-driven plan for how to improve his franchise. All right, sorry, I don't know why. This is Mr. Joe's Cafe, yeah. as do I. Yeah, <laughs> it, it closed. So. <laughs> Jeez, a what a downer. All right, let's just end yeah. it there. Poor Mr. Joe tuning in 80, 85 minutes into the pod. He just gets <laughs> all right. No, we're gonna, three left. If three you've left. ever eaten if you've ever eaten lunch at Mr. Joe's Cafe, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, By the way, listening note, one hour, 27 minutes in, we're going to be back in, what is it? Yeah. We, we about 40 been, hours. Yeah. We're yeah. Thursday, we're going to do a 1.30. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Thursday, 1.30 pod because of some work stuff. Uh, we got to do it earlier. All right, let's wrap this up. Marissa is like, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, um, no, I I think I would stick with the Sirianni. Interesting. You could make the case for Kingsbury. I mean, yeah, sure. If Kyler is if Kyler is going to be in his like you know backseat, if he's driving him from Arizona with him, then yes, that's easy for me. Okay, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I would take a Kyle Shanahan. I would take Kyle Shannon. Pete Carroll. Uh, no, I would rather have Sirianni. All right. I'd so rather have Pete Carroll. Okay. Really? At this point? Interesting. He's won a Super Bowl. That's that's Zach's <laughs> thing. It does count for something, you know. So Shields got him as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14th or 15th, depending on. Okay, Brandon good. Snilly. That, that seems feels about, about reasonable. right. Yeah. Zach's got him at 16th or 17th. Uh, with uh, Brian Flores and Pete Carroll above him, that's fine. I mean, that's a good. And then, like, I mean, twelve of those guys are like deserve to get fired. So it's, I don't know, it's just just a, a thing to think about. Uh, all right. Well, we do. We do. Have, we've. Uh, we'll be back soon. One thirty on Thursday. We do, we, we do have like <laughs> another show coming up soon. So we do. We do. We need do. To we wrap do. Up this show. We do. We do. Uh, <laughs> Uh, today was Casey's birthday. His uh, happy his, birthday, his, happy birthday to the case man when he's watching this uh, 20 years down the road, trying to get a sense of his uh, his father's personality. Uh, <laughs> he, we, his his uh, his his bedtime song tonight, Hominick the Donkey. <laughs> when we went through the we went through the whole thing, he calls it Hominick, even though not because he can't say Dominic, just because he he thinks he's his, he says 
Hominick is Dominic's nickname. So there you go. Like you that. didn't sing it, the Danucci version of it? We did not do the Danucci version, but I have to think about, I mean, I, I feel like we have to have some kind of holiday song this year. So we'll have that on my radar. How do you feel about an Annie? The movie? Music. Yeah. Well, did you watch the made for TV Annie? I didn't watch it. This is not. I wanted to. Obsession. I actually forgot. Oh, yeah. It was on. I mean, it it's weird. It's weird when your your child just like a piece of content out of nowhere just grabs their attention. Mm. We sit down to watch it. Harry Connick Jr., Nicole Scherzinger. She's watching it. She's loving it. Days after, she just <laughs> sits in front of the TV performing That's Hard great. Knock Life. He's asking, she's grabbing my wife's clothes saying, oh, this looks like something an orphan would wear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or, or, oh poor know, Jessica. Something, something like the orphans in the in the show are, you know, they're with their raggedy clothes. And so she's grabbing those, putting those on. And Hard Knock Life is just in my head uh, 24-7. My grandmother gave uh, my daughter uh, a raggedy Ann for mm -hmm. uh for christmas we stopped by on the way down for men and it's just it is funny just to think like that was the name of the thing rag like rat poor poor ann raggedy yeah. ann yeah. tough adjective all right it's a shout out to the pilot of the west wing there's a reference to the raggedy ann though <laughs> wow <laughs> this is a good this Bo's is a good window the first time bo's been speechless no because <laughs> it's a good window into zach in that you know it's the end of the show you and I are sharing personal anecdotes, and the, the most that Zach can do is give us a, a West Wing, <laughs> a West Wing reference. That's what it's he's my, going to give. My favorite show. So, all right, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. A jam-packed episode, and uh, we'll Too see much. you again on Thursday. I mean, Shields furious that it took this long, but you know. He's the one who started things off with a 15-minute diatribe about uh, a yeah, separate that was, podcast. That was worth it. I was able to needle you a little bit. All right. Uh, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 1.30 on Thursday. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash birds with friends. Check out our uh, merch store for the holidays. We haven't put anything up new, but, I mean, there's still, there's still stuff there. Great sell. <laughs> I mean, people like it. I get, I get those emails. People are buying it. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you. And as always, we love you.